Thank you for listening to the Who's Flying the Plane podcast. I'm Alex, and you'll hear me interviewing creative people about their influences, careers, and work. My guest this week is musician, producer, and member of the eight-person musical collective Vibe World Order, Reg Mason. He just released a solo EP called Speedway Deluxe, which you can listen to by following the link in the description for this episode. working on new music today then you just got in yeah 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 i had to drop off my girl at uh staten island she lives like um like a good half hour <laughs> away from here stuff like that and then then i uh drove my way over to brooklyn because i live in new jersey which is like the state over yeah i was gonna say because i i read in your uh i was reading about you and your first thing with music, your first involvement with it, were you going to punk shows and hardcore stuff, which I always thought that was just in New York. That's like pretty small scene, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, that's yeah, that's definitely true. Like New York, New York, uh, like punk scene, hardcore scene is definitely it's somewhat. Uh, I'm not gonna say alive and well, but it's very much still there, and it's um, in the underground. Like, it's like there's still a very, mm, it's a, it's, it's just, a, I feel like it's a very vital scene to have, like, around here and stuff like that. It keep it keeps things uh, gritty. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people still coming to the shows, but over in uh, New Jersey, uh, it's, it's fairly dead over there. Everybody has either, like, moved over to New York or PA because they're, hardcore and punk scenes are just way more lively as opposed to jerseys like new jersey is basically where you go to retire right okay <laughs> stuff like well that. there's no music scene it's there's not punk there's nothing at all over in in new jersey yeah i mean as far as i know in new jersey's hip-hop scene is starting to bubble up like it's been bubbling for years but now there's a good amount of uh like artists in that in that specific scene that are starting to cross over and stuff without feeling the need to um kind of hide or omit the fact that they're from new jersey which i think is like really cool like there's this one artist who i went to the same high school with her name is nija and she just dropped like a three-track ep after going on this like multi-year run where she was on the Lion King soundtrack with Beyonce. She was writing for Cardi B and Chris Brown and all these other acts. And that was wild. They named like a whole street after her. And then then, then there's a bunch of other acts like, you know, Fat Boys, Samad Savage. And yeah, just a lot of people doing Jersey proud. I haven't seen this many artists from New Jersey come together in a very very long time probably since like lauren hill and like the fujis or something like that so there's always been you've got a long a long history of uh hip-hop stuff going on in new jersey then i didn't realize they they were out of new jersey i thought they'd be new york or something yeah i mean that misconception happens all the time since like new york being like the actual birthplace of hip-hop we're neighbors so it's like it's it's it doesn't really bother us per se like like us being from new jersey because it's like we're basically we're basically sisters <laughs> and stuff yeah like that. okay. so, so we get we get that a lot so did you get involved with hip-hop in the first place because that was the scene that was there like you did would you have got into punk if punk was the music from 
where you grew up? Well, I mean, at least in my household, we were kind of allowed to play any and everything. So it was kind of a no-holds-barred thing. I feel like the more so the reason why I got into hip-hop, first of all, just me being who I am, like hip-hop was always going to be there, and I knew that for a very from a very young age that it was always going to be there. So I kind of used that as a sign that I should probably go out on my own will and search out for like all the weird stuff. That way when I circle back around to hip hop, I'll have like a truly eclectic ear and more to add. Should I want to make music in the future outside, uh, outside of just staying in this one specific lane and anything that, challenges that reality that i've made for myself is just weird i don't i don't like people like that so you like to listen to a bit of everything and anything you're not just a hip-hop guy oh no no not not at all man (laughs) i i uh i grew up on a lot of like post-hardcore bands hardcore hardcore punk before i even started touching bass with a lot of hip-hop acts like i think my brother put me on to acts like dance gavin dance and uh, bands like Evergreen Terrace, all the way to like some of the more like slower stuff, like Sunny Day Real Estate or Foo Fighters, and uh, even The Cure, Smashing Pumpkins. Like it's just I'm just all over the place as far as like stuff. And then after that, I started getting into more of the heavier stuff, like Converged, uh, or even like today, like there's this band called Knocked Loose, and they're from Kentucky. And they make metalcore, and they're fantastic. And then I'll listen, and then I'll listen to something else that's a bit more peppier, but still has that hardcore status. Like a Turnstile is a really good example. They're a fantastic band, and they be doing front flips into the crowd and shit like that. They're just awesome. <laughs> do you take so you take influences from all that music? Do you hear that in your hip hop, or is it just something that you listen to? I don't think so, but I've heard from a lot of people like who do consume my music that they see it they see it like it's like it's like bright bright red (laughs) when they see it is mainly when i'm mainly when i'm performing though i don't know necessarily if it's more obvious when uh like in the studio versions but i definitely take a lot of my uh on stage persona from the hardcore scene and just how they get down it's just very vibrant over there how about um, in terms of your live show, like when you perform live, is it like a punk show? Is it really like aggressive and kind of confrontational show? If you got people jumping around, in the, is it quite a lively show? What's that like? Oh yeah, all the time. Like I remember I was doing shows like in basements where it would be only eight to 10 people and we still figure out a way to use up all that space because um, I guess it's just with the type of music that I grew up with, it was just a very cathartic, aggressive, uh, I guess, surface that it came from. And then uh, for a while, when I was younger, I used to make just music like that, where it was just like all everything was peaking, everything was clipping <laughs> and everything. And then after a while, since I started to l- learn about the world a little bit more, and now there's more dynamic stuff there's melodies and there's even straight up genre hopping like i just made a i just made a record called government before this one uh and that was basically a synth pop record what made you go so far away from your previous record 
Um, well, well, that was more so a collaborative thing. I'm pretty sure because, um, yeah, we I was working on that record for about three full years with this other producer. His name is Black Magic, and then after that, I was like, okay, this is cool, but it's not me. I don't feel like the audience is actually learning about who I am. And I was working on three records at the time anyway. In between that, uh, my newest record, Speedway Deluxe, and um, my band, Vibe World Order, who's like a rap collective. We were working on our label debut at the time. So I'm kind of used to just juggling multiple things at the same time. I was basically making three records in like simultaneously. So once uh, the synth pop record dropped, it did what it did. It was cool. Uh, but once I dropped uh, Speedway Deluxe, it was something completely different, 10 times more personal. And I felt like that was the reintroduction to the scene that I needed because I spent a good three years just kind of just um, putting all my energy into the group stuff. This is you're fully breaking out on your own now. You're making a personal record. What's the response been to that kind of uh, lyricism? Um, it's been really, it's been really cool. Like, uh, of course, since it's like my first proper, like, project back, it's been. I I will say that I have seen a more just surprise than anything that that I'm capable of doing more than kind of just being the weird technical guy like in the on the group stuff and uh that's your role in the collective uh i mean we don't really like to place any particular roles on anybody but more often than not everybody kind of just like does their own thing like my bandmate jacob he's really great with hooks and singing like melodic stuff and um we have another two members where they're just really great at verses and me i'm kind of like okay, where do I fit in between this? Because I'm used to arranging the songs anyway. So I was like, okay, like I'll spread apart this verse from this verse. I basically make it all make sense. And if it needs my voice, I'm not going to do another verse and I can't do a second hook. So I had to figure out like a bridge section or, or something just to make the song whole instead of just the whole verse hook, verse hook ordeal that usually happens in hip hop. When you're working with the collective, does, do people's egos get in the way of things? Do you ever find that you're butting heads about decisions or do you work well together? Uh, 90% of the time we work very well together because we're friends first, uh, bandmates second and stuff. But I think the only time that we truly butt heads is when it's um, something going on in like our personal lives that's beginning to seep into the music. But more often than not, that gets kind of called out or we try our best to just make the situation not hostile because everything that we do in terms of the group stuff is just so based on momentum that as soon as anything throws us off, it's very difficult to get the morale back up to want to finish something, especially since we're like a seven-piece band. So it's, it's very easy for those house of cards to fall. How do you get back in the studio after something like that? Does it take a long time before you can make something good again? I mean, 
No, we're all pretty talented, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they say that an amateur waits for inspiration, but a professional goes in and just does the work. So we, so it, if it, if it, when it comes down to it, we know we're going to put out something great, but um, we would prefer that everybody be on the same page and in good spirits when we do it. So it's, it's not, it's not necessarily difficult, but we have all decided to take a bit of a hiatus for a while so that everybody else could have a chance to make their own artistic statements. And that was kind of a, a mutual thing, especially after we saw how much of a nerve wracking experience putting out our label debut was we just wanted to just get back to making material that's fun your solo work was much more personal in terms of lyrics what's the message behind the collective's work um i feel like i don't know i don't want to sound corny but i don't know i guess i guess friendship (laughs) <laughs> is there something yeah like okay that? okay i i don't i don't know like i've I've never really been uh asked that question before i would probably just say that um you could come from multiple different backgrounds and still make great stuff and still and still find a way to connect you know we're, we're all humans at the end of the day so yeah i'd probably say that because not not nobody walks the exact same walk of life as another person so the fact that we found a way to make eight people seven eight people all fit into one room and we don't and it's not pandemonium and we're not coming at each other's necks it's a beautiful thing how do you think things will go now you've done your solo project are you looking at getting things back together at some point soon to do another group uh group release yeah of course uh that was kind of the plan like we just wanted to give everybody their own space to just you know i guess expand on their own artistic identity and just figure out exactly what that was that way when we all regroup we have so much more so many more dimensions to what we can do outside of just doing making the same record that we were doing two three years ago i feel like we were really afraid that um for a while especially with being signed to a label that we get caught in this formula extremely quick because you see that with a lot of uh certain acts it's like some something works the first time and nobody ever shut ups about that one time you know what i mean so it's 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 damned you've already got the label telling you to stay within a certain few parameters have you you've got to they're expecting you to do the same thing again um i wouldn't necessarily say that i don't think i don't think it's the label saying it up front but we do get that a lot from um i don't want to say the fans either because the fans are are pretty eclectic they're pretty open to what it is that we do it's more so uh i guess you could say the curators you know like uh stuff like fashionably early uh lyrical lemonade like a lot of those blogs and people who do journalism for those blogs i feel like everybody has their own idea as towards what we should sound like based on everything except us if that makes sense yeah well so you read a review about your work and you don't feel like people really get what you're trying to do yeah i've 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 heard a lot of different stuff when it comes to the group uh material i've heard that all our songs sound like five different songs wrapped into one 
and some people love it. Some people are just like, oh my god, it's like it's so like like where's is it supposed to? Where does it all connect? And I'm just like, well, I don't know what to tell you, bro. But this is this is like five different people. This every song is a posse cut. It can't. We can't make a 45 second song. There's five people here. Everybody's gonna be doing like two bars at a time. Nobody's gonna know what's going on. But I've yeah, seen. For sure. Yeah, I've I've seen that. Uh, I've seen um, what else? It. It's it's almost like a certain listener will kind of gravitate towards one specific section of the song and then it's like somebody will like me will come in where I have to do something different or else it just becomes boring and then they'll get taken out of the song. It's it's weird. I feel like there's a lot of conditioning that comes with dealing with a group like this because everybody is so different from the other. So it's it's uh, my dad talks about it a lot. Is your dad a musical? Is he? Is your dad a musician as well? No, he loves smooth jazz though. Yeah, so much. Yeah, he he's the type of person who like um he'll like turn on like the car and he'll play the news through the car and then he'll open up a newspaper. So he'll at the same time. So he'll read and listen to the news at the same time. He's a very you know, just off to the side, like just trying to see what's happening with the world, old fashioned kind of guy. But whenever he does put on music, nine out of ten times it's it's like smooth jazz. So what does he think of the kind of music you guys make? Um, in the beginning, my dad didn't want me to do music for a while, actually. For a really long what, time. What did he plan for you? Uh well, we're all extremely tall people in my family. Uh, we, he's like six foot seven. I'm six foot four. And obviously we all, he wanted us to do athletics and stuff like that. So basketball, anything, anywhere I can get into doing sports and go to college for it. That was like his dream for me. Did you go to college in the end? No, (laughs) I did not. So you got straight into the music world from that because you've, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I have been training to be a musician since I was 10 years old, and I'm 22 now. So well over 10 years, I've always, I had no other plans than to do this. I never took an SAT prep course. I never took any sort of college tour or anything. Like, that was never in the cards for me. So it wasn't a difficult sell to tell your parents that you didn't want to go to college. You could just say, like, they knew it was coming that you were going to be a musician. They could see it happening. Well, it well more so my mother knew off the bat that that is what was going to happen. But it was a bit of a uh, hard pill to swallow for my dad. And because for a long time, I kind of was just doing stuff because he wanted me to, like, such as... um like playing just playing sports honestly like playing soccer or football as y'all call it over there <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> ba- yeah, ba- yeah baseball like just just basically every sport in the book he was trying to like find something for me to fall in love with that wasn't as unstable as music but my heart was just never in it it was difficult to tell him that because i knew that basically like the trajectory of our relationship uh, was kind of in jeopardy 
if I was to say something like that. But that was the point where you just have to let your child just be their own individual instead of somebody that you're modeling them to be. Yeah, for sure. Did he was he in sports then? Was that his career? Um, no, he wanted to be for a while. He he was in sports like in high school and something like that. But then um I think he got the chance to play college basketball for a little bit and then for whatever reason he had to he kind of had to close close and shut that door and he just ended up just going to school instead and he put and he put down uh sports for his whole life so that always uh kind of had an effect on me in terms of my dad didn't get the chance to do what he wanted to do ultimately like his whole life because of just external conditions you know something something completely outside of between him and uh sports so he never get he never got a chance to follow his dream and that's terrifying for me absolutely terrifying like it keeps me up at night thinking that my life could go that way so i just double down on the music even more and just make sure that nothing gets in the way of that If you go over to the Who's Flying the Plane YouTube channel, you can watch the latest episodes of In the Studio, our video series talking to artists and creatives about their craft and showing the environments they work in. All of Series 1 is now available to watch, and the first episode of Series 2 is available now. And if you keep an eye out, they'll be uploaded every other Friday. So just go onto YouTube and search for Who's Flying the Plane, or you can follow the link in the description for this episode. I wanted to ask you about having your music featured on this Amazon Prime show called Fairfax. Yeah. <laughs> is it is, uh, when you get when you get a gig like that, does that make your dad feel a bit more sure that you've, you know, this is a bit of more of like a confirmed sign of success, you know, you're getting a paycheck for that. That's like a bigger deal than just going out and doing gigs. Yeah. How did that come about that job? Um, lab- the label stuff, honestly, when we when we signed uh they got us in with the team, with the sync licensing team, and they just shopped around all our music to everybody, really. So it was it was cool because um like me personally, I didn't have on the cards that my music would be on television for at least like another two years or whatever. But yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. And um I was actually on tour when the show premiered so i called my dad like a week or two into the tour i'm in florida never been anywhere by the way almost um, spent like 98 percent of my life in jersey so this is my first time like leaving for business and i'm calling and i'm calling him I'm like yo dad one i'm on tour secondly <laughs> secondly i'm on tv so <laughs> if you want to check that out but I, I definitely do feel like my dad kind of has a bit of a outdated idea as towards how the music industry works, you know, considering all this technology that we have now. I feel like he's kind of like, okay, so you find a record label, you shop, th- you shop them your demo tape, and if they like you, uh, you get a million dollars. And I'm like, no, that is definitely not how it works anymore. It is not 
1964. That <laughs> hasn't been that. It hasn't been that way for decades. Honestly, <laughs> but but yeah, he's oh. definitely way more confident now in what I'm doing. It's just a matter of uh, just holding off and keeping up uh, everything going on around me that has nothing to do with music until one day I can make that call to him and to my mom that, you know, you can quit your job now. Like, I got us forever. Like, you can, you can, yeah. you can hang out. You want to tell me a little bit about your latest release? Yes, yes, I would love to. So, uh... I put out a project called Speedway Deluxe. It's a deluxe version of an EP that I put out earlier last May called uh, Speedway, which is like five tracks. It basically depicts um, like the five stages of grief after like the dissolution of a relationship and stuff like that, like a, like a really bad toxic relationship. And I'm basically going down every stage like with those tracks because everybody knows like the first stage is uh denial and that coincides with the first track drama which basically starts after this protagonist like um like after this protagonist had a fight with his girl or his partner in in general and uh it just features me kind of channeling this sort of Almost like arrogant energy where it's like, yo, it doesn't matter if we fought. I got all these problems in my life. Why you keep showing back up and all, and all this other stuff. And uh, almost just being like, I don't care if we fought. You probably going to come back sometime. Who cares? Whatever. In the meantime, we're not together. And I'm just going to do whatever it is that I want to do. <laughs> and stuff, yeah. And stuff like that. And it features... um this uh artist from seattle miss kennedy k shouts out to her because she hopped on the vocals like she did she did a feature and she just came with this real bratty type energy where she was just kind of just calling out whoever it is that she felt like calling out and for a lot of these songs that i wrote on this record it's kind of written in a space where it's meant to be interpreted in like multiple different ways so the first song could be me just being like, I don't, I don't care. You're going to come back anyway, so I'm going to just do me in the meantime. Or, or it could be like um, me and Kennedy like having the fight or the verbal argument in the song or something like that. It's, it's pretty loosely based, but that's, that's basically uh, what goes on for the entire project. But the thing that makes Speedway Deluxe a bit different is that um, I took all the songs from the EP, put it at the front end, and then I added three songs that I was making during the sessions. And then I asked a, a lot of my friends, like, hey, um, do you want to do a remix? Do you want to basically break my song apart and then piece it all together? with the super glue that is your production you know just make just make your own remix of it and yeah like i got i got a i got a lot of people on it a good a good amount of folks uh my bandmate guinea from vwo is on the max Payne remix which i just released a lyric video for by the way so check that out um uh, i also got a friend of mine dj danny verse he did 
a reggaeton remix of the second track called Ola Ola, which is basically about me being a whore on a break. And stuff like that. And I and I got a good amount of my friends uh on it too. My friend uh, Alejandro and Destiny. They come from an actual Latino background, so it only felt appropriate to have them on there and they just did their thing. They were awesome. And um yeah. I also felt like a good uh objective for Speedway was just to show my range to uh this industry that i'm trying to break into because there's trap there's drill there's indie pop gospel uh what else like this this is just so much more there's boom bap rap there's sample rap there's singing fucking organs yodeling there's it's it's front front to back i make sure that i don't make the same song twice that is for sure if you're thinking about making such different sounds here and there and you're drawing from all different genres, you must think about collaboration with artists. If there's someone out there who, like not a friend, or, but someone from a different world who you'd really love to be produced by or to work with on a track? Um, honestly, all the time. I think about it a lot. Like, for instance, uh, I grew up on a lot of artists such as uh, Danny Brown, you know, uh, Earl Sweatshirt, Wiki uh das racist was a huge influence to me growing up because uh they were just like three brown guys from new york and it's just like straight out of college and they're making like stoner rap but they had like also this background where they could talk about politics but in a very easy to understand way i love them a lot uh lp made me want to start making beats start he made me want to start making my own beats he's absolutely insane killer mike obviously they're like best friends uh who who else just i feel like there's so many more that i that i would love to do and even outside of hip-hop like i would love to make a record with like jack white from the white stripes because he's out of his mind he's like (laughs) like he's just so wild like what he's done for like the garage rock revival of like the late 90s to 2000s is just insane like he's fantastic i i wanted to be like jack white somebody like jack white or like billy joe armstrong from green day growing up where it was just like they have so much personality on stage and then you listen to their records and it holds up you could hear the sass you can hear all these nuances and how they sing certain things and how they play their instruments so yeah if there's anybody in particular that i I can name off the top of my head probably like Danny Brown, 110%, Jack White, 110%. And if I got a beat or like a beat pack from LP, I would give him my absolute best bars. Like it, it would yeah. be a, it'd be a dream of mine to do a song with LP so much. Reg, what, uh, what would you like to offer up as your Who's Flying the Plane hidden gem? I would like to shout out uh my boy kurt uh, c-u-r-t he did uh some of the production on my album he played organs on the song mad at you and uh he did a bunch of like piano work and synth work and he even did his own remix which is the very last song on the album called uh babe i think it's time kurt remix he's just absolutely fantastic 
in every way. Like he's so well versed. He's technically skilled on uh like pianos, organs, and all those all that other stuff. But he's also like a great like producer. Like he like he knows how to make records. He knows how to do a lot with a little. And I think that within the next probably two, three years, once he gets a couple projects under his belt where it's like he gets to make his own artistic statement to the world, he's gonna really shake stuff up. Like I like I'm I'm really rooting for him. And we're gonna make a whole lot of more music in the future. But yeah, he's fantastic. Shouts out to my boy Curtis. If you could tell the listeners where we can keep up to date with what you do, when your next releases are out, what they should be listening to, anything like that, um, let us know. Oh, yeah. So um, so I just put out my uh, album, Speedway Deluxe. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, basically everywhere that they show music <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I'll ha- I'll have a um I have a direct like smart URL link uh set just for just for that. Also, uh, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube. I just released a lyric video for one of the songs off of the album called Max Payne. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of editing <laughs> and and just a lot of um. It has its own artistic style that's kind of akin to I don't know if you ever played the video game Max Payne, but it's it's classic. It's it's a classic yeah, shooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And um yeah, and then also feel free to to get into my group stuff, Vibe World Order. Uh you can find us anywhere. And even on Amazon Prime, uh Fairfax, episode five. Yeah, go go ahead and watch that if you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well thanks a lot for talking to me today, Reg. All right. Thank you so much, Alex. Appreciate it. Thank you.